I love the title because, of course, the horse's name was different. Could you just tell me a little bit about that choice? Because we know the title of, especially documentaries, could really make or break a successful audience viewing or even you know, getting picked up. We had some truly terrible titles before we got that one. I thought, I, for my sins, I actually suggested, I can't believe this now, but I actually suggested Slag Heap Stallion <laughs> at one point, you know, in the mold of Slumdog Millionaire. But no, Dark Horse, I guess it just was a great fit. You know, is, is the expression Dark Horse common in America? Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess it's the kind of, there's, it's, it's wrapped in, for me, is a... I love, I love the name, I love the way it sounds, I love the fact that it's quite understated, but wrapped in there is the kind of notion of underdog from the get-go kind of thing, which I liked. I think we wanted to kind of set up, you know, in the, in the, in the sort of opening, Howard, the accountant, says, you know, it's elation when you can do something when no one gives you a chance. So we kind of, that, that was the sort of tenor of the whole film festival. So that seemed... Dark Horse just seemed a great kind of I really love the idea because I do read into the titles. Mm -hmm. I try to anyway, but not always successfully. And the name of the horse was Dream. Dream Alliance, yes. Dream Alliance. Named for the syndicate who were, it was their dream, and they were an alliance, so Jan had come up with the idea that the syndicate name could be Dream Alliance. Yes, but it sounds like an insurance company, so we couldn't call it. It wasn't time-suggested as a title, but I just thought you would think, what? You sounded like, you know, if you've broken your leg, oh, it's insurance. insurance. Meanwhile, the horse's leg was quite the... Uh, yes, exactly, exactly. If you're the horse breaks leg. Everyone probably asks you how you got involved in the film, but, uh, you know, is there an affinity towards some topics like this for you? I guess, I guess I'm always looking. I mean, you spend your life looking. You know, I'm a freelance documentary maker, so I've spent my life looking for stories. And it's, it's such a strange process because you can look and look and look and you, you can never say exactly what you're looking for, but you know exactly when you see it. And I think, so you try to kind of look in, in, in kind of areas that seem interesting to you, that they might throw up something uh, promising. So, so I guess my kind of starting point is I, I, I love to find something that will move me, that I find is kind of multi-layered, that is about perhaps the ways that somebody or a group of people are trying to express themselves or find a way to kind of express their inner self, which is not perhaps what the world perceives around them. And so I'm kind of looking for things that I, I think, oh, that's a one that's gonna be a wonderful vehicle for those kind of ideas. And I went out to the races on Boxing Day. We I you've heard this from the thing, but just went out to Boxing Day races and saw this world. So I didn't really know anything about racing at all. And these beautiful horses and all this money being put on them by the time of the session. And so that that kind of idea that I've mentioned of a, of a kind of rocky <laughs> with a horse and then that kind of slid down the track to looking at syndicates which were quite new in racing at that time and then this story came up and it just I just knew that it was special you know they're rare stories like this and I couldn't believe it. I was absolutely on tenterhooks because of course the minute you've seen it you think well it, there's no way it's going to be you know it'll be being made or whatever and sure enough 
when we called them, when, when producer Judith uh, Dawson called them, they had been optioned by a film company. But we just said, look, we love it so much, we'll wait. And you, knowing that those things can sometimes, for, for, for complex reasons, fall through. Um, so we just waited, and um, the producer would call and call Howard and. Um, just say, you know, we're still here, we haven't gone away, we still love it, we still want to make it. And then about a year later, he came back to us and said, the other one's fallen through, if you want to give it a go, the August. That's the way a lot of these things start happening. You know, you think that that's never going to, you know, come up, and then all of a sudden, you know, things start falling into place, yes, yes. and of course, other things start happening as yes, well. Yes. There's always the rocky road continues, but uh, from that moment, then the challenge is how do you make this really interesting as a documentary? You know, because I was so excited about it when I go and I, I talk to a lot of my uh, film festival friends. You know, a lot of programmers of film festivals are were in town. I said, you got to get this film. He go, well, describe it. And I said, well, it's like Waking Ned Divine meets Mr. Ed. <laughs> That's, I'm going to borrow that. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's quirky characters, yeah. one after the other after the other. And the cutting to create the story was brilliant. Oh, great. Well, I had a great editor, too. And it's a real, you know, these things are a real collaboration. Because when you tell a past story, you know, the edit is tough because it's a kind of, you know, when you're making an observational film, you have moments when a, when a scene will unfold. With past tense film, every minute, every day is a blank canvas. Every minute has to be created from this piece of material and that piece of material and this interview. And if you spend quite a lot of time, and obviously therefore money, filming the interviews beautifully, you're just conscious, you know, inside that you are literally sort of burning the budget because all, everything they say would have to be illustrated you know I mean you'll use some of them in vision but you'll cover an awful lot of them so so it really is a kind of um, it's a real you know it's, it's a nice it's 20 week 20 week edit and it was intense and we had our foot in the gas the whole time and you created the character of Dream Yes, that was one. That was one of the things on our first day in the edit. We sat there and thought, how do we make the horse character? And I, in preparation, I had watched every horse film. I had seen them all: Black Stallion, Sea Biscuit, um, Secretariat. Secretariat, exactly. Mm -hmm. I, I know because I used to read all the books about yes, the racehorses yes. when I was young. I knew all the horse ra racehorses and their bloodlines, everything. Yes, and it's interesting. I think when you make a feature dog, you're kind of because it's going to be on the big screen, which is the joy of it. It's such a wonderful kind of such a wonderful medium to make stories for because it's such a kind of. You know, it sounds silly, we're in a film festival, it's such an obvious thing to say, but it is, you never get over the excitement of watching the room go dark, it absolutely just makes my hair stand on end, and, and you just think, and listening, listening to people watch a movie in the dark together is kind of amazing, amazing thrill and scary, you're listening for every sigh or cough or rustle, are they, are they bored, are they bored? No, um, people were crying. Really? I was crying. Oh, wow. You know, around me, everyone was uh, really enjoying the it, film. It was a really interesting thing when we kind of started down the road that part of the discussion with, you know, was made with Film 4 and the BFI, and they're great 
backers, you know, and they have, you know, interrogate the idea in a really interesting, very supportive way and have really, really interesting conversations about it. And one of the things we talked about a lot was did the characters, we brought back some film of the characters and showed them the snakes and they said, you know, they look amazing. And do you think they have the ability to describe their own journey. It's an interesting phenomenon because you're trying to create, you're trying to make people invest in them as much as they would characters in a narrative, but they're in a documentary. So the things the scriptwriter would write to express their character, in some way you need the character to help you do themselves. They need to be able to kind of articulate what it means to them. And of course, thank goodness they will watch. <laughs> Just, those people have the gift of language. It's, I mean, I have to say, because I've been doing documentaries for a while now, I, I am absolutely able to prove that. I, I believe I am my own scientific study that there are parts of the country you can go to where they speak beautifully. In England, it would be Liverpool and Wales, possibly Glasgow. And it's just interesting. And I'm sure it's because of where there's where the bloods come from. You know, this would be some Irish, or it's from the countries where probably storytelling and talk and banter is part of the culture. It's lyrical. Yes, yes. And you're right, and it's oral history. Yes. Being passed down. And Wales is like, Wales is the equivalent of, you know, those sort of southern Italian cities where you see men sitting outside the bars and their hand, you know, they're all telling each other these intricate stories with their hands going and making all these wonderful gestures while they talk in Greece. And Wales, Wales has that. Funny enough, Stella, who won the um, grant at the Women in Film, she said to me, she came to see the film after, and she said, you know, these Welsh people, they're Greeks. <laughs> and it's true, they do have that, that kind of openness and the sort of argumentativeness and the kind of um, passion. It does seem quite Southern European. And they, they stay there. I yes. mean, where else are they going to go? But, yes. you know, but they are a community. They are a family. Yes. I mean, Howard, you know, Howard, all of them had sort of, you know, built himself a successful career. And he could have moved away, but they, that's what they love. They love the community. They love going up to the Working Men's Club and having a drink. And I think it's where that community is incredibly powerful for them. It, when you say to somebody from Kevin Forest, the village, are you from Kevin Forest? They'll say, oh, no. And you'll say, oh, thinking they're going to say Nottingham or Bristol or London. And they go, oh, no, 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 not from here, not from here at all. I'm from the next village down the valley. <laughs> so there's a real sense of that each community is totally has its own identity, which is charming. Oh, no, I'm from the next village. <laughs> well, you were telling me about the children uh, screening. Uh, what kind of questions did they have that were different from the audience questions you, you would normally get from an adult screening? They were just sort of lovely. They were kind of invested, like, had we been to see the horse? And how was it? That was going to be my yeah, next question. Yes, yes. Um, they were just, and so some of them, some of them from a video production class. So some of it was kind of quite nuts and bolts, how how we did it, kind of thing. Yeah, it was just lovely. They were just because I think it must be quite bizarre for them in a way. You know, they're kind of it's in a school afternoon, school morning, they get to kind of sit and watch this life in a village thousands of miles away. 
they were so they were so well mannered, kind of interested as American kids usually are. I think teachers in Britain always wish that British kids would be more like American kids because <laughs> they always seem kind of interested and enthusiastic. So how is Dream? Dream is splendid. He is he's quite enigmatic in his way. He stands quite so. He looks right at you. I don't know many horses, so I don't have much to compare it to. But I don't think many horses do that, like literally, to the point that you're kind of looking over your shoulder thinking, is he looking at something behind me? And he's quite nice and plump, doing a lot of doing nothing, eating. He is in a beautiful part of the world, Somerset, in England, which is very kind of rural and um, not far from the sea. So I think he's living a life of Riley. He's, this, he's a happy he cat. He did his job. He did his job. I think, he, I think somehow he knows he did his job. He served them well. And then he said, that's enough now. I would stop. <laughs> and I love the way it was told. You know, in, in your way, in the film. And, and using the elements and using the details it must have been such a challenge, especially with, we talked about how to make horse racing interesting. Yes, because horse racing, oh my goodness, on television is literally the kiss of death. I mean, it's so boring. It's kind of just a bunch of little brown things coming towards you on a long lens. They never seem to go faster, one faster than another. And just to me, it's kind of... Sunday afternoons, raining, and you pass a window of a bookies and there's horse racing on. So that was one of the things that kind of made me scared, was how to kind of take it out of that world. Uh, and of course, horse racing is an exciting world. It's just, some, you know, somehow on telly, it always seemed quite... Right, you have to be in it. You have to yeah, sort of yeah. know what's going on. And, and even when you go to the races, it's, it's quite... It's a little bit impenetrable if you don't know anything about the horses running or you sort of... Um, so all of that. And I'm also trying to say to people it's, it, it's not about racing, that this story happens through the world of racing, but it's not about racing. It's about the people and their journey. One of my favourite scenes is the woman in the beauty parlour. Yes. <laughs> reading in racing form. You know, so those are very important little... Easter eggs, little treasures, you know, that that you don't really think about. You know, it's not really that important, but it adds to it. It's like a secret ingredient, and it adds That's to the film. That's a lovely way of putting it. I'm going to remember that. That's a great way of putting what you're trying to kind of do in suggesting the tale Easter eggs. That's right. going in my lexicon now. Without even doing it heavy-handedly, you know, it's just like, just there, and it, I love it. I'm going, oh my God, this is great. You know, some of these things, I'm going to write down for myself, remember these things, <laughs> get a lot of inspiration. The poor woman under the dryer, because of course when you film it always takes longer than anyone thinks. When she came out from under the dryer, she didn't have curly hair at all. When she came out from under the dryer, she had these enormous... <laughs> These enormous curls, because <laughs> we had to leave her under the dryer while we did various takes, because it was a moving show. Poor woman, she just she said, "Oh my goodness, my husband is going to die." <laughs> but for them, it was an adventure. We just couldn't have asked for more. It was just they were just so in the spirit of it, and we knew we knew we wanted to do it in the village, and we knew we didn't want to use professional extras, but whether people want to take part or think it's a good fun. And they took part, but they were so patient and sort of 
and they just thought it was a hoot and people would stop you in the street and say, oh, you filmed my granny yesterday and where was that? No, she was in her dressing gown putting out the washing and you said, can I film you? And <laughs> it just became a lovely kind of community thing. You probably have a lot of uh, outtakes and behind the scenes. Yes, fair amount, fair amount. It did, the, probably the most riotous occasion was in the working men's club <laughs> when we, um, we spent a whole day there doing various races that go through the film. And uh, what's extraordinary is if you put a group of men in front of a race and put a pint in their hand, they completely go back into the moment. They're absolutely watching it transfixed as if, as if it was back on the day it was happening. But they did clock fairly quickly that for continuity we needed to keep their glasses cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> we had an enormous barbell that day. By the end of the day things were a bit riotous. <laughs> it was funny, funny, funny. Well, I think you have a runaway winner. Oh, I hope so. Well, just to get here, I have to say, feels like the, the racing metaphor feels like kind of racing past the post because it's just, you know, to bring it's a kind of small film from England about a piece of Britain. So to have it kind of come and play here, and I was so particularly interested to take it to Salt Lake City to see because obviously here, in a way, you've got a lovely audience of people who want to come and see films and some industry people as well. There it was would, would be sort of cold to the American public, as it were. And I really was keen to know if, if they would, if it would have some resonance for them. You know, if it felt, and they were, they were kind of a lovely audience. And so, fingers crossed, that meant that it is a story that can kind of translate over here. I hope so. Absolutely, I hope it's universal. That's what we hoped all the time yes. we were making it. That it would feel like a story that could have happened in a small town in America. Uh, you know, it's a story that could have come out of Park City, former mining town. Oh, well, on IndieWire, I did many interviews with people coming here, and in mine I said, Harlan County USA is my favourite film, which it is. I watch it probably twice a year just because it just inspires me. I think it's such a testament to kind of staying with a story just to the bitter end. And I congratulate you, really. Oh, I hope you, so you know so much, you know, that you are in the winner's circle. <laughs> I'm just dead happy to be here. We all are. It's just fantastic. And it's been a blast. It's a great, great festival. It's, it's got amazing. great buzz. Yeah. Everyone, I tell everyone uh, that I see and anyone else who said that they had seen it loved it oh, absolutely and I know you'll probably hear from many film festivals because they think it would be a wonderful film for their audiences oh great oh well I hope so I, hope I want to hear more it. about it like what happens if you get uh, if, you, if you get picked up yes yes Yes, and fingers the sequel. crossed. And the sequel, Dark Horse 2, exactly. Yeah. Coming soon. Coming yes, soon. Yeah, Falls coming in April. Oh, my God. I, know. I, I want to be in on it. I know, oh. I know. I so, <laughs> I so hope it proves a success for Jan. I really do. Louise, thank yeah. you so much for your time. Thank you so much. It's been great fun.